Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And in this episode, we've got another youngster. Jace is with us. He's been looking to buy a classic car for a while. We've talked about it for a while. But you've looked at different cars. So different makes, models. I have. I have. Michael Ori, thank you for, or Mick and Ori, thank you for having me today. I've been on quite a roundabout, to be honest. I, I started with some different manufacturers. I was drawn to the Porsche Initially the Ferrari because you grow up or I grew up. Posters on the wall. Correct. The Ferrari and the red of the Ferrari and following Formula One and going for Ferrari as well. And then I was lured to the to the Porsche because some friends were looking at Porsches as well. But very much for my first car, first classic, are definitely going to be going a Ferrari. And I, we did talk about the Porsches before and I was trying to put you off early. Yeah, he, he but he was gently. insisting on a Porsche. But the, and when you were looking at the Porsches, what were you looking at? The 928s, and 924s or straight 911? Were no, like 911. 911. Because yeah, that's the model that I think everyone, where for me, you know, I was looking at some 928s, 924s the other night. They are old classics. You know, the ones from Risky Business and things like that. They are classic looking cars now. And the 944 is a, a decent uh, shape as well, which uh, that's, a, that's a good package. But the 911, when you were looking at a 911, Jason, mm-hmm. it was actually, you were thinking of a daily driver, weren't you? Correct, correct. I was, and then that, again, is what, what drew me to it. But I've, I've since changed, changed approach with some general yeah, manipulation from, from me. But the thing, you know why I think a lot of people look for their first car, classic or you know, sports car, also they go to Porsche because they think Ferrari is what I want. You know, most people want a Ferrari. That's what they're aspiring to. That's what they've always dreamt of owning. But they, there's something in them that says, you know, I think a Porsche is easier to retain. It's more, it's cheaper. It's more affordable. I can use it every day. I'm not going to use a Ferrari every day. More so that's reliable, what, probably. Yeah, well, that's what people must probably think, and they think, no, I'm going to buy a Porsche. That's and that's why I think exactly. a lot of young, the younger generation get a Porsche first. And I think even Jason, you know, you drive a Porsche, you can take it to places you can park it. There's plenty of them out there. And then if you've got a, a Ferrari, particularly if it's red, you know, it stands out everywhere. You can't do anything silly and stuff like that, which you wouldn't do anyway, Jason. No, I know what you like. Definitely not. Oh, yeah, and I think when it when it truly came down to, to mentally going, all right, I'm, I'm going to get myself in a position to buy one, I thought, well, all right, I'm, I'm going to do it. Do I want it to be a Porsche? And I just didn't want it to be a Porsche. Yeah, because you're driving in the traffic and there's that many Porsches around you just driving every day. You think, hang on, this is not what I've really wanted. Yeah, it's not what I was aspiring to. And I was happy that you decided on going for Ferrari, but then it was a question of, you know, the latest model, this, that. And we talked about some of the things that we've talked in previous podcasts about the PPI, about having the money ready, you've got to make a decision, all those sorts of things. Because it's not like buying a brand new car and just going in the showroom. 100%. So... I started initially in the journey thinking the the three five five. Um, now arrived at a at a different model, which is I'm hoping. So you say so is that the one that you said that's it? I definitely want a three five five, or you didn't want one of the modern ones like the four five eight. Look, the the four five eight. You're drawn to the four five eight because it's a sexy, slick looking motor vehicle. Last of the naturally aspirated. So there's a bit of you know. But but again, it was. It was oh right. It is my first one, and 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 just getting to something that I, I can just enjoy and not be too precious about. So you said three five five. Did you then say it has to be F one pedal or it has to be gated shifter? No, gated shifter. I've always okay. Mick was very oh, strong so in his opinion. Yeah. I've, I've been swaying him a little bit, okay. just a little bit. Yeah. And I've always looked up to him. He's my older cousin. So the three five five gated shifter was where initially was where the the emotion started, and, and then. 
we've we've moved around a little bit, but we've and again, you don't know where it's going to land. But I, I feel very comfortable with. And had you ever driven a Ferrari gated shifter? No, I've, so I've, I've been, in, been in. I've them, been yeah. in them, but I hadn't driven one personally. But I've been in them. The thing that I, you know, we spoke I'm too about. Too scared to drive it, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> well, don't mine. worry, you'll be okay. Ori was the same. So I think the thing with it as well, being your first one, and even when I bought my first one, which was a four, five, six, is. You've got to be mindful that you've got to have the technical personnel around you to be able to service them and things like that. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you don't want to get one and it's always in the, the mechanics. Yeah, correct. So you're looking at one that's more reliable and a bit more, you know, the modern classic. Well, that's a good point you raise because what are you actually – what's going through your mind at the moment? I can tell you what I experienced later on, but what's going through your mind at the moment where you're in – so you've decided I'm going to buy a Ferrari. Tick. The model – you're semi-decided, let's say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm decided now, but I have jumped on, around a little on bit. The, on the 360. On the 360. So what's, going through, what's concerning you now? What are the thoughts going through your mind now about to buy this classic? Is it maintenance, service, reliability? So it was it was very much that, and that's why I think I've landed at the 360 because I feel like I'm going to get the most enjoyment out of it. It's going to give me everything that I'm looking for at, at the moment. I, I want something that looks good, but I want something that I can enjoy driving and that sounds good, like sound was was important for me and I think the 360 ticks that box definitely and when we had a day there recently where I got to see them all together I was drawn to the 355 because as a kid it was a, a great looking motor vehicle you play the video game and and I was drawn to the 355 but then having the 355 next to the 360 for me again it's a matter of opinion however it ticked all the boxes that I was looking for and again if the 355 had some mechanical issues that would render it into the in the shop for a period of time, I was like, going to be okay with that. But if I can have it without that, then that's, that's a preference be beneficial. For me. Yeah, the, one of the main advantages with you know a non three five five is really the engine out service that everyone talks about. No real big deal because now they're saying you know four years is okay and five years we've had that discussion before. But still, seeing the engine out of your vehicle and hoping they put it back <laughs> the same way, it's, it definitely heart in your mouth when you're seeing your car uh, apart like that. But there was one thing that we did do on that day and you and I walked around and I don't know if you remember and I said to you, there's one thing about the 360 that I always wanted and that was seeing the engine bay, right? That glass at the back where the 355 hasn't got the 360. I, I, I agree. It, it's it's ticked a number of boxes and, and, and again, the sound and the power unit is important. Yeah, Very so, important. So I've been to swaying too, Mike. Yeah, well, every year they do go up in power. Like like I was saying to you um, that, you know, from a 360 to a 430, there's a fair bit of difference. Mm-hmm. But for normal driving, unless you're a racing driver, you're not going to pick, you know, the ma- the amount of differences. Yeah, exactly. That, all those things, oh, does it 0 to 103.1 seconds, 3.2, 3. 3.3, 4.4. Who cares? We won't know the difference. You We're not... At that level, I agree. And what we've said on this podcast as well, Jason, you've listened to a few. We're just passionate enthusiasts. We're not experts. Uh, we're not historians. We just like our our cars, uh, classics and modern particularly, and mainly Ferrari. So we're pleased that you're looking at a Ferrari, of course. We've had other people on that, you know, love their American muscle and Australian muscle. And young, ki- and young kids and too, And young right? kids as well. So they want, they want a different sort of classic. But, you know, I think yours yours is where where our passion lies, absolutely. So you're concerned about that. So what process have you done? Have you, Do you know what a PPI entails? So, so, so far, I, I didn't, to be honest, until I had spoken to Mick and now I'm... So would you have got one? You had, let's just say you didn't know Mick or myself and you wanted to buy... Not the, the person I am, probably, probably not. And I would have 
gone to have a look and quite trusting if it looked all right. But definitely makes sense to me now. And, and you need to be cautious because you hear that, well, I just don't know what I don't know. And just listen that's to exactly you two right. gentlemen yeah. talk. It's And that's what, look, and that's the difference. And, you know, reading, like you said, you're reading a lot of articles and there's some great forums about it. But just speaking to people and having that general conversation around it, there's going to be pros and cons for any vehicle you go and look at. But having that conversation, you actually become more comfortable in the decision-making process. And I think in the end, when you do end up with it, which you will, is, again, we don't want to rush that either because you want to get the right one. I mean, it's not that you're not buying 10 over the next five years. You know, so For whatever money it is that you know what you're getting into, do you have to allow another 20 grand to tidy it up to what you want? Is it straight? that you don't have to do anything and you pay an extra 30 grand, whatever that is, so that you're reasonably comfortable. There's always going to be things. And we say you've got to allow at least five or maybe 10% 10%. of the purchase price for the first year of doing, you know, maybe it doesn't come with a tubey exhaust and you want it. Maybe it doesn't come with a challenge grill and you want it, Mm -hmm. you know. Whatever um, it may be. Yeah. So that's a good point. So a couple of those things aren't, well, some are X-Factory, but, Others are aftermarket. So your car, do you want it original or are you think you're going to change things in there, like put a U-Butte speakers, these young kids put with subwoofers all over the place? Is that what you want to do or do you want to keep it original? No, I, I want it original. Um, I do want the tubey exhaust because I, I do love, love the, the sound. sound as, as for the radio, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be using that all that much. So the tubey exhaust is a is something that I definitely want and, and would want it straight away, I, I imagine. And that's an easy thing. It's just a few dollars or a fair few dollars. But So are you sold on colour? Do you know the colour you want or you're not fussed? Again, this journey's been an interesting one for me and the longer it goes, I think you need to be patient. I've needed to be patient and all the advice that I've been getting is to be patient and I have landed at, I do want a red one again for my first one. I'm not saying that everyone has to be red. But well, I think seventy percent of new Ferrari or yeah. first Ferrari buyers are all red. I do want my first one. In interior, oh, I'm not as fussed, but I do like the the lighter color or or just a black. Yeah, the ten. Now you were we were fortunate enough because Ori's cars at with us at the moment, and we went for a drive. Ori took my uh, seventy four Dino three hundred eight twenty four for the experience. first time. We've got uh, stickers all over it, but yeah. anyway, R- rally ready now, rally ready. And uh, you came with me, and I I took you with Ori's car. So feeling that. You know, I mean, it's immaculate now. He did things like even the sticky buttons. I explained about some of the sticky buttons. That's something he did after the purchase. But you can get that done. No big deal uh, because that is annoying, those sticky buttons. They all have those sorts of faults and some of Yeah, so there's done. a list of things that you'll get done. But was that the, your first time in a 360? It was, it was. Oh, actually, no, I had it at my wedding, to be honest, but I don't believe it was a gated shifter. So yeah. there was a... Yeah, but at your wedding, you weren't thinking about the Ferrari. You were thinking Ferrari. about Grace then. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> not even. Yeah. No. Sorry, you can't uh, say that. She might listen to this, no. but anyway. I hope she does. Yeah, it was It was amazing to sit in it. The power and the sound is is exactly what, I, what I'm looking for. Yeah, and the 360, I've, you know, I've driven it a few times, Zori's. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, a modern classic, but still raw, which... To me, I reckon that's the best combination. Uh, of course, if you've got a 430 gated shifter, that'd be pretty good too. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's not an F1 paddle. That you, you know, like what you said, you love the noise of the click when you get the gears yeah. right. Yeah, the clickety-clack is beautiful Sounds in that gated amazing. shifter. What I got wrong a few times is uh, first to second. I was actually going second to third because my first is is down the other side. Down the other side, and with um, which what you noticed while you were driving mine. Yes, so. absolutely. So, Jason. If we're not sold on colour, 
red we know, but interior colour we're not too sold. We know we want a gated shifter. You're going to get a PPI done and we're going to help you do that. What else is your concern? Like have you thought about insurance, um, servicing? Uh, so, so What do you want to do with the car actually? If I didn't know? have someone like, like you both around, I'd, I'd be very lost to be honest. I don't know how others would, would do it. Well, I think sometimes people go in blind and sometimes it works out. So they'll buy a car sight unseen, just, yeah, I've ordered, I liked it, get it here. And then you might be lucky. I think it you would might just not. be luck. I think I genuinely believe it would be luck. So I, the type of questions I, I have have been the, the PPI now and how does that go? How does it happen? Do they visit the site? Do they take the car away to, to – So generally if you're buying it from a dealer, they will organise for the car to go to the PPI gentleman or the, P- or the gentleman can go there. To the dealer, um, yeah. The way we did it, they, yeah. they trucked the uh, car down for us. Yeah, but you bought – that's right. They didn't have. Uh, that's right. They, they didn't, didn't have, have an area that's facility. Right. Didn't so have a service facility. That can happen. But we we spoke to the main dealer here the other day, Zagami, and they were saying that uh, in Melbourne, they'd rather that the owner organises for the PPI to be done with the main dealer, and then that document can be given to the purchase. Uh, so person the, looking at the car. potential purchaser, like you would be, Jason, you would actually pay for it, but the owner, the current owner, and the Zagami, let's say if they go into Zagami, would coordinate that so that you don't have to be the guy in between trying to work as it today, as oh, it tomorrow. Yeah. And there's one good thing about the pre-purchase inspection and also having an Ori and a Mick there with you is that we're not emotionally involved. We're actually going to tell you the truth. The problem I found, you know, was that you you see, and we saw many a 360 uh, many a time and I fell in love with them because that you want it. You just want it. And I'm that's where you rush in and mistakes can happen. But having people that aren't emotionally involved, I think decision-making, rest assured, you know, I can't. I remember when Sal said to us, we were doing the PPI and he had to do some other stuff and he looked at me. No, the other gentleman in the workshop said, mate, this may not be the one for you. Yeah, don't worry about and it. And don't worry about it. And I was like, what Fair are you talking about? You know? <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the money of the PPI, that's fine, but it was a level of investment. You think, oh, I really want this one to be, and it may not. So as long as you're comfortable with that, and it's not going to – everyone you see isn't going to be the one? I really wrestled with that the other night, actually. Like, it came on. They hadn't been a gated shifter online for a while and I was anxious to speak to the guy who wasn't returning my call. And I, I had yeah. some anxious nights sleeping and I, I tried to just remove myself. And, that, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, exactly right. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because anyone that you look at, there might be things, and we've talked about that, that you, that hasn't quite got this or we haven't got that. And some of them are so easy, it doesn't really matter. And, you know, talking about when, you know, I went over with Ori with his – and his roller coaster of emotions during the day, he was going, nah, that's it, I'm not buying it anymore. Oh, now it's okay. And yeah. I said, just just relax, just relax. Let's go through the process. If we have to fly home without a contract, without anything, that's okay too. Which, which we did. Because I've, yeah, we did. Oh, you negotiated, yeah, you did. But we didn't have a signed contract. And no, but PPI had to be finished without us there. That's correct. And I was then working in Melbourne the next following day and we had a phone conference with the PPI guy, Sal, Mick and myself to go through and then we had another conversation, if you recall. So you're right, there's so many different things that change. At an, and that, we had about three or four conversations that day that changed my direction a few times on the purchase. And that was a, a dealership, as a, you know, not an authorised Ferrari dealership, but it does high-end cars and, you know, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and he had bought a car from there before. So they knew each other, which was a good that thing was good. too. Yeah, I agree with that. But buying from – I've never bought actually a car private from someone. If I was selling a car, like a Ferrari, like a classic, I would go and get the pre-purchase inspection done before 
I've put it on market. So when people came and said, I need to do a pre-production check, I'd say, actually, here's one. I've done it for you. Like the 100-point check and things like that. Why don't people do that? Jason, I ask you, do they do that with houses? That's a great question. So in Victoria, I'm led to believe they do. But here... For housing? For housing. So here we don't. And I feel like the, the buyer, the consumer would feel like maybe it's like manipulated or something like oh, that. Oh, like they're it's trying to cover something up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so fair enough. I feel like the... You'd want it recent. You'd want it done recently. Yeah, and I think if you do pay for the PPI yourself, then the client is you, not yeah. someone else. So it, it is a fair point. And maybe ask your questions that you want. And also with the PPI, I think you've got to explain to them how particular you are. I mean, do you want to know every blemish? Do you want to know, of course, you want to know whether it's been an accident, whether it's just a, the bumper bar's been resprayed and who cares, you know. So you, you've got to get a bit of a rapport with whoever's doing your PPI. Look, there's certain things that we didn't pick up when we went to see my car, do you recall? It didn't have the, the toolkit in there, for example. We did not notice that. That's correct. Because we were so emotionally looking at everything and there were things that I didn't, I didn't notice. I had two different coloured wheel caps on the car. You know, when got it, we got it to Adelaide, it was only two or three months later, I said, well, well what's going on here? You're going to see your car, you're going to go and visit your car, and there's going to be things that you're not going to see. So I think taking someone with you, or a couple of Did people... that help? It didn't help in that case, but anyway. <laughs> no, but so, we've learned from that mistake. But in saying that, that's the 5 or 10% of extra that you'd have to allow, apart from the ones that you would negotiate that they've you've taken off money because of this thing or whatever. And it does depend on whether you're buying it private or at a dealer. At a dealer, you can negotiate with the dealer, can you do these things? And I'll do the rest, but I want this and I want that. And you can run through it like that. And I think another piece of advice, which you gave me, Michael, and I'm, I'm going to pass on to Jason, is don't even talk about the price yet. You don't even talk about no price, no negotiating, no deal. Nothing happens until you've got everything you want. You know when you want it. Correct. Absolutely. Like PPI done, tick done, you've now mentally prepared yourself for what you – then you can start to negotiate. Now, the other thing is, Jason – sorry to cut you off there, Ori – is – You've got to drive one. Yeah. All right. You've got the opportunity now. I'm going to get you to drive the 308 GT4. So you start with a you know a bit more rudimentary thing, but you've you do need to drive one if you've never driven before. You've driven a 360 before. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a gated shifter. No, it was, it was an F1. It was an F1. I'm just I I get nervous because I know how much people like are passionate about their car, and I'm just very nervous to. I'll have no problem driving my own, but just try getting in someone else's and potentially hurting it. I couldn't, I don't know, I'd be very I'm the opposite, disappointed. I'm the opposite to yeah, that. If someone gives I'm me an opportunity it. to drive a car, unless it's an SUV, well, unless Michael it's a Lamborghini always, SUV, but I'll drive. Michael always says yes. So you're going to drive the 308 GT4? And, yeah, okay. and well, so. Ori might let you drive that one after yeah. you've driven mine. But look, in the end, and I've spoken to high-end crash repairers and things, it's just a car. If you damage it, it can be fixed. Naturally, if you write it off, it's a bit, sto- bit of a different story. I agree with everything you've just said. Apart from, I do recall you telling me, once you own the car and take ownership of your car, don't let every Tom, Dick and Harry no, drive it. I agree with that. He goes, yeah. And I've actually, to be honest, Michael's the only one that's ever driven my car since I've purchased. Well, apart from your technician. And my technician, absolutely. So you, the reason, Michael, you say that? I think what it is, you get caught out thinking people know how, how to, to drive. drive the car. And it's not that, you know, it's got this technology that no one knows, like how to use a computer or whatever. But, you know, do they take care of it do they look at let the windows drop a little bit before they just open up the door and you know there's little things that and your car depending on how old it is it's got some peculiarities so 
it might not be spot on and people don't realise what they can and can't do, you know. Um, so for that reason, and you think they drive just can drive just because they've got one, but you find out maybe they can't. Yeah, well, it's, you've experienced that a few times. So, yeah. It's, My that's, father always said when I was young, you don't, you don't share your car because you wouldn't share your wife. That's, so that's, that's right. exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. One very early. Uh, absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's a great piece of advice, 100%. Not a good correlation, though, there, Jason, no, really. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. So we've got a 360 coming. We're going to start shopping for it. So you've got a budget in your mind, mm-hmm. correct? Insurance, have you done any investigating on all that I, I sort of stuff? I haven't. So making the inquiries with the with the, with the the sellers, I was, I was lucky. I had Michael gave me a series of questions to ask them, and without, I don't believe I would have asked any of them. Yeah. And to give an idea, there was they were represented. I thought it was in kilometres, it was in miles. There was VIN numbers that weren't available to see. I asked if it was in a crash. I don't even think I would have asked that. I just asked if he had any problems. The gentleman ended up telling me all the problems that it had. I'd, I would have just asked if it was available. Yeah, yeah. And correct. Look, it, it was important, Jason, when we were talking about it, for you to ask those questions direct, not a third party, because otherwise you won't learn anything. I mean, you know, so it is important, like even with a PPI guy, that you relate directly to him, even though you get referred to, because you need to have references of people, otherwise you don't know whether they're going to be the right one for you. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, those the questions that you have asked, I, I found also asking those questions they're all good questions to ask, and you don't know if uh, people are going to tell you the truth. But a lot of these car, you know, people that own Ferraris and Porsches and Lamborghinis are just as enthusiastic. You know, most of them are just enthusiastic and look after their babies, and they want to tell you everything. I mean, you know, whatever issues it did have and stuff like that, because they don't want to sell anyone a lemon either. Let's be honest. No, you wouldn't have thought so. But if you find out their background, what they do with their normal cars or other cars. You know how how passionate they are. It's just a bit like when you get your insurance from Shannon's. They want to know that you're an enthusiast because enthusiast means you're going to look after your car a bit better. Yeah, correct. It's in their best interest as well. Yeah. So in in terms of the budget, it's it's changed as we go, and the more emotionally attached you get, it, Rem- it's remi- shifting. Remind you of someone else? Yes, I do. I told him the story. It took five years with you, Ari. It's it's shifting in the wrong direction, but. We've got to get a car that I like, otherwise I also think there's no point. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not buying a daily daily driver. You're not buying a taxi. And so, I don't imagine getting another one for yeah, a while. So yeah, I'm going to have. It, yeah, you want to enjoy it. You want to get the right one. So, but you will. They're out there. You know. You want to enjoy the experience. I mean, I, I don't know. If, you know, I've spoken to Ori about this, and even the podcast when I got my four five six with bits and pieces that organised with the dealership. It took six months to deliver. And he was, they were apologising, but they were so good to deal with. And I said, oh, it's no, I know it's coming. Whether it's six months, five months or four months, don't worry about it. And I remember you'll have a list of things to do to the vehicle too. And Michael will be, you've got plenty of time to do that. Unlike myself, I had to do it all straight away. The first, second service, it was all done. So the learning is there is actual time. There is time. And, you know, I'm actually, I don't know about you, Michael, but well, you taught me because you've got the whiteboard in the garage at, for everything about servicing and stuff, but I've always say already preparing. I know I would need to do my belts in two years' time. I know I've already done. I know I need to do the clutch. It's probably in two or three years' time. The tires are coming up next year, so I'm already. So then it's not a surprise, and then you actually enjoy owning the car, and you're looking forward to always, you know, maintaining it and keeping it at its best. Yeah, you always. Have, I mean, I've always got a list, as as Ori was saying, on whatever car, saying, "Oh, I want to tidy this up. That's not urgent, or that's you know." 
Uh, and with the tyres that you're talking about, Ori, you know, I mean, you bought them with uh, a few years on it. We now know how to read the year of manufacture of the tyres. Tyres, yep. So, you know, you don't get a set of tyres because after five or six years, you really shouldn't be doing, you know, uh, heavy Track driving. record over 80, mile, uh, 80 kilometres an hour and driving them in the wet at high speeds, we found out. You say, they're saying actually, you know, four to f- or five years. Five years. Five if years. If you're heavy driving, like highway driving or track, you know, uh, city driving, well, you can go a bit longer because they go hard and things like that. So, but anyway, Jason. We're on an exciting journey. It is a bit nervy, but what's going to happen, Jason, is um, – as you get closer, you know, we may or may not come with you. We'll see what happens. It could be local, could not. We'd, we'd like to. Or uh, to come. So yeah, no, no. We're, we're, I'm, go, I'm going. And I'm definitely going. You will end up with one, and we want to make it an enjoyable experience. So uh, thanks for popping in. And the next time that um, we speak, or not the next time we speak. You'll be the, the next, owner. You'll be the owner. But before that, you'll be driving the cars. Yeah, so absolutely. Y- you do need to drive them. So, Ori, thank you very much. Thanks, um, Mick. Uh, Jason, thanks for popping in and having a bit of a chat. And we're going to leave it there. So you can reach uh, the show via email, mickandori at gmail.com. And also we've got our Instagram page and our website. So please please look at those. And remember... Actually, I have to call out, Mick, before you say remember, we've just hit over a 1,000 downloads yes. globally. So thank you to all our listeners in the 29 different countries all over the world and 167 different cities. Over a 1,000 downloads now. So, uh, you know, keep, keep clicking and keep liking and we'll keep posting shows. Yep. Well done, Ori. That's a fair point. And thanks again to all our listeners. Yes. And... So remember, if your car's not a classic, it will be one day. Thank you. Thanks, guys.